0: What's up Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast, September 30th, 2021. Your boy Q here looking at the end of the week, staring the end of the week in the face, also staring the end of the month straight in the face, but uh, we're not there yet. Not quite there. It is Thursday, which means it's a crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Very excited about that. I'm also excited and thankful for you making Locked On Raiders Podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raiders Podcast free and available on all platforms platforms. Do not forget that. Always free and always available on all platforms. That's the Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in today's show, as mentioned, it is Crossover Thursday, so David Draugermeier hosts the Locked On Chargers. He's going to join the show to talk all things Chargers, all things Raiders. Break it down. Week four, Monday night football action gets no better than that. SoFi Stadium which basically we're calling Allegiant Stadium South, right? <laughs> I said that on the radio on, uh, on Wednesday at uh, Raider Nation Radio 920. I said that in the building, and someone looked at me like I had, they had no idea what I was talking about. They said, what is that? I said, Allegiant Stadium South. That's SoFi Stadium. And then they looked at me and said, "SoFi Stadium." I said, "Never mind. It's just it's it's something you wouldn't understand. Never mind. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's something I know, and it's something the radio nation knows, but clearly you don't, and that's okay. But that wasn't a that wasn't a sports guy. It wasn't a, someone that is on the radio station. Just someone who was doing production in the building. But it was just funny. I just assume everyone knows SoFi Stadium is Allegiant Stadium South, but apparently not." Apparently, I need to continue to teach people and learn people. So uh, that's what I'm going to do. But yeah, uh, excited about today's episode. Always fun to catch up on the crossovers with whoever is the next opponent up for the Raiders. And so far, three up, three down. Raiders are 3-0 and on the season. Will they be 4-0 after Monday Night Football? Well, we'll find out on Monday night. But before we get into that, I definitely have to have the crossover edition with David Dragenmeyer, a guy that I've actually been in studio with before and did a crossover when I was back in Texas. So uh, he's a really good dude. He'll come up in segment number 2 two, in segment number three. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, and I'll try to squeeze in a couple text messages, maybe a couple calls as well at the end of this segment because this looks like a show that I won't be able to get much feedback in, so I want to try to get a couple calls and texts in, so I might do that at the end of segment number one, but news and notes for sure, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. And off top, it's kind of really strange, man. With this kind of a week and knowing that the Raiders don't play till Monday, they've actually been off on Tuesday and they were off on Wednesday. So there was no media sessions. There was no practice that was open to the media. So we didn't even get an injury report. Normally we get the Wednesday report, the Thursday report, the Friday report, and then boom, we find out what's going on on Sunday. But this week is different. So today we'll get our first injury report later on. I do believe Gus Bradley is going to talk to the media today. I'm not 100% sure, but I do think it's going to be Gus Bradley and probably a handful of players as well but uh yeah we'll find out exactly what the media session is going to be looking like a little bit later on today also tomorrow and then saturday and then they'll take off for uh, la as they prepare for that game on uh, on monday night football 5:15 kickoff on the west coast should be fun should be a lot of fun. Excited about that. Now, something that wasn't fun that I found out on Wednesday, as a lot of Raider Nation found out, is that defensive tackle, Gerald McCoy, wasn't signed to the team very long, had the season-ending uh, injury. He's out for the year. It stinks. He's a guy who's a veteran. He's a guy that I expected to do some really big things for the team and really help the 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 guys, especially the young guys, on and off the field just be pros and be better at what they do. Everyone's been excited about him. Of course, he suffered that injury in week one, and so he's been out, and everyone knows that he's going. Going to be out well on uh, on Wednesday, it was announced that he's been suspended for the team's next six games for violating the NFL policy on performance-enhancing substances, and that stinks. That really does, and I I feel for him. And again, I know it doesn't matter because he's not going to miss any time because he's already out for the season, and his suspension will start right away. So the next six games that the Raiders play, Gerald McCoy will be credited for you know sitting out those games and being suspended. He's not getting paid for those, so that stinks. But you know, I just hate to see that, you know, you never know what's going on when these guys use these performance enhancing substances. Sometimes guys know what they're doing. Other times guys don't know what they're doing, but it's always, and it's funny, me and Vinny Bonsignor, we actually had this conversation as I was passing the sticks on to him, as my show was wrapping up on Radio Nation Radio 920, and he was about to do his show with Lincoln Kennedy in the huddle from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, we were talking just kind of in the commercial break, and I said, man, uh, I hate it when these guys always say that I didn't know that this was on the band list. I mean, look, you're a Paid professional. You've been in this league, like Gerald McCoy's been in the league 12 years. That's something that he talked about all the time about being a pro and, you know, knowing how to do things the right way on and off the field. And then all of a sudden he gets popped and it's like, hey, I didn't know that this was on the banned list. This was recommended to me. Look, you've got to be smarter than that. You've got to go and research. If you don't know what you're putting in your body, you've got to research it before you do it you know, and all these guys use that same excuse. And I get it. Some of them are real. Some of it is honest to God, like, hey, they just didn't know. And some of them, they just know and they just use that as an excuse. But I always say you should have to know. You should know what you're doing uh, when you're when you're taking these substances because you might end up on the banned list and then you might miss the time and you might have six games and not get paid for it like Gerald McCoy is. So he put out a statement saying, I love the game of football, have nothing but respect for the players, fans, and this league. I've given my all to this game and worked my entire career to compete, train, and rehabilitate at a high level with integrity. It is with great disappointment that I recently learned I tested positive for a banned substance something I was prescribed to take to help with the scar tissue and tendon strength from a previous injury in no way would I ever intentionally take anything to help with performance or gain a competitive advantage this was an honest mistake but it's something I'll take full responsibility for I apologize to my family the NFL my teammates and the fans and ask humbly for your forgiveness that was a statement from Gerald McCoy And I respect that. I really do. You know, especially when he says, hey, I take full responsibility for it. I'm asking for forgiveness. But you just never know. You know, you never know exactly who is being 100% sincere about it and who's not. And that's something that uh, I was talking to Vinny about. And he was like, yeah, you just really don't know. You think you know uh, all these guys and you think you know, you know, where their heads at and where their hearts at. But really, honestly, you just never know. So that was unfortunate to hear about Gerald McCoy. Also, it was mentioned to me earlier in the week that there's guys that could potentially come back from IR, talking about guys like Nicholas Morrow, Keyshawn Nixon, Jalen Richard. Those guys could all be available. And uh, Vinny Bonsignor actually put out a tweet to just kind of let you know and get you up to date on not those guys in particular, but just any guys that are eligible to return from IR. He said, hey, FYI, On any one of the eligible Raiders coming off IR this week, keep in mind that teams have up to 21 days to decide whether or when they are ready to be activated to the 53-man roster. So just because they're eligible to come off IR this week doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be added to the 53-man roster immediately. They have 21 days, so just keep that in mind when you're thinking of guys, as mentioned, Jalen Richard, Nicholas Morrow, Keyshawn Nixon, cats like that that could become available sooner rather than later. They do have a little bit of time to make a decision on that. And my final little nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day uh, comes from NFL Communications. They send them out on Sunday. It's called 7 for Sunday. And then on Wednesdays, they send out the what to look for in the upcoming week. So this week's it's called what to look for in week four. And it has a bunch of different little stats and a little bit of nuggets. And I do, I, I like these little nuggets because I think that they're helpful in conversation. And this one's about Derek Carr. It's called Carr, You Ready? Las Vegas quarterback Derek Carr leads the NFL with 1,203 passing yards as the Raiders have opened 3-0 and for the first time since 2002. Raider Nation, first of all, let me stop right there. If I had a dollar for every time someone, including myself, has said that the Raiders have opened 3-0 and for the first time since 2002, I'd be rich. And I I ain't lying, I've said it plenty of times as well this week since they defeated the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. But man, I'll tell you, that storyline, that conversation has been had so many times. Anyway, this nugget goes on to say he has recorded at least 325 passing yards in five consecutive games dating back to week 16 of the 2020 season, tied for the second longest streak all time. With just 297 passing yards against the Chargers on Monday Night Football, Carr would become the fifth quarterback in league history with at least 1,500 passing yards through his team's first four games of a season. And those quarterbacks are Dak Prescott from the Cowboys, who did it in 2020 at 1,690 passing yards. Kurt Warner, who's a Hall of Famer, did it with the Rams in 2000, 1,557 yards. Tom Brady, who will be in the Hall of Fame uh, with the Patriots in 2011, 1,553 yards. And Patrick Mahomes, who, well, already has a Super Bowl ring for the Chiefs in 2019 1,510 yards. So Derek Carr entering week four is at 1,203. He needs 297 passing yards to join that pretty cool club. Now for every good nugget, there is probably a bad nugget around there somewhere, right? So this is an interesting one, and it starts off bad, but it really doesn't end bad. Uh, This is from Josh DeBeau, the AP. And before you roll your eyes and close your ears, listen to it. Worst passer rating in the first quarter of this season among 33 quarterbacks. Number 28, 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo, 67.5. Number 29, Raiders Derek Carr, 47.8. 30, Big Ben Roethlisberger, 43.4. 31, Lamar Jackson, 38.5. 32, Jacoby Brissett, 22.5. And number 33, Jets rookie Zach Wilson, zero. Now, I know you said, oh man, that's terrible, and of course Josh DeBoe brought up that Derek Carr is 29th as far as uh, passer rating in the first quarter, and yeah, that's right. That is bad. 47.8 is bad, but the positive side, as we're trying to find positivity, right, as we're looking for positivity, as we're talking about positive things, how about the Raiders' defense? And you're probably wondering, what does the defense have to do with it? Well, the number 30-ranked quarterback, Big Ben Roethlisberger, 43.4, the Raiders played him. Number 31, Lamar Jackson, 38.5. Raiders played him. Number 32, Jacoby Brissett from the Dolphins, 22.5. The Raiders played him. So three out of the four quarterbacks ranked lower than Derek Carr have all been victimized and all been affected by the Raiders' defense. So... If you're looking for a glass half full, if you're looking for a silver lining, if you're looking for some positivity, there it is right there. Yeah, Derek Carr has not gotten off to a good start in the first quarter as he's ranked 47.8. That's his passer rating. But all the quarterbacks that the Raiders have faced are worse than him in the first quarter. So hats off to Gus Bradley. Hats off to that Raiders defense because you've made Big Ben, Lamar Jackson, and Jacoby Brissett all under a 45 rating, passer rating in the first quarter all season long. Shouts out to the defense. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, part one of my conversation with David Draugermeyer, the host of Locked On Chargers. We're going to talk all things offense. Then in segment number three, we're going to flip things around and we're going to talk all things defense, but it's not going to be all things offense as far as the Chargers and Raiders. I'm just going to get my Howard Cosell on with him and talk all things Chargers. In segment number three, talk all things Chargers defense. He got his Howard Cosell on with me, but only asked me probably about four or Five questions. So uh, it's stuff that we already talk about here on the podcast. So uh, I just go ahead and let him have that for his show. And we'll just deep dive into the Chargers here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. That's coming up to start in segment number two. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about an app that you need to have right now. If you drive a car, if you get gas, you need to have this app. And it's Get Upside. All listeners of the Lockdown Raiders podcast are getting up to 25 cents per gallon of gas every single time they fill up. All they gotta do is download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code Touchdown and get a bonus twenty-five cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to fifty cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get your cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code Touchdown to get up to fifty cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a whole lot, they're making a lot of money, like two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. Check it out now. Segment number two in part one of my crossover edition with David Dragenmeyer talking all things Chargers and Raiders. That is on the way. every day. all right, Raider Nation here we go segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part one of my conversation with Locked On Chargers host David Draugermeier real good dude. A guy that I actually while I was still in Central Texas we actually hooked up and did the crossover edition all from the radio station I was at inside the studio. Really good. It's really fun to catch up with him but you know what it is it's Chargers, it's Raiders week week four Monday Night Football so here's part one of my conversation with David Draugermeier host of Locked On Charges as we talk all things LA offense. And here we are back here on the crossover edition. It is week four. It's Chargers. It's Raiders. It's David Dragemeier. It's your boy Q. We like to get together. And man, uh, it's fun always talking Chargers and Raiders. And so as you take a look at the Chargers who are 2-1 and one coming off a big time victory over the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead mind you. Uh, doing a really good job so far this season. Of course they come in with high expectations. What have you seen from quarterback Justin Herbert from year one where he was just thrown into the mix to year two when he was you know planned to be the starter expected to be the starter and oh by the way has a new coaching staff
1: yeah i mean he looks fantastic when you look at justin herbert everyone was kind of wondering if he was going to have a sophomore slump uh, but that is definitely not the case and i think joe Lombardi's a huge uh, uh, component of that uh, really putting him in good positions uh, to make great plays they're, they're not throwing the ball down the field, you know, 50, 60 yards, but they are still attacking down the football field. And there's just so many weapons that are getting involved. Austin Eckler and the running game and the passing game. They've even got Jared Cook going from time to time. Obviously, Raider fans know something about Jared yeah. Cook. Uh, Mike Williams, like I said, has had a, a just a resurgent year, probably the best year of his NFL career. Uh, and that's one thing Joe Lombardi said before the start of the season is that You know, that ex-receiver role that Mike Williams is going to be playing, you know, you look up at the end of the year, you're going to like what you see on the stat sheet. And through through three games – Mike Williams looks like a completely different type of receiver. Um, they, they're using a lot of motion, which uh, is, is working, but also getting them in trouble with some of those stupid illegal shift penalties. <laughs> but this this offense, it's moving. I mean, they're moving very, very, very well. They had some issues in the red zone uh, early on in the, in the season, but they seem to have righted that ship against the Chiefs, scoring four out of the five times. Uh, this offense is humming, and Justin Herbert is slinging it all over the field. He looks just nasty this year.
0: You know, you mentioned Joe Lombardi, and obviously he's a key cog on this coaching staff, this new coaching staff. But uh, head coach Brandon Staley, he's a guy that multiple times so far this season has proven to be very aggressive. You know, he was very aggressive against the Cowboys and very aggressive against the Chiefs going for it on fourth down, uh, you know, playing the analytics role. What have you seen from uh, from Coach Staley as he's taken over as the head man there in, uh, in L.A. with the Chargers?
1: Gigantic balls I think is the only way that you can explain what we've seen from Brandon Staley so far. He just has such a um, respect. He has a lot of confidence in Justin Herbert, and he really wants to put him in positions to try to win the game for the team. He's gone for it on fourth down multiple times, which is very polar opposite to the last two head coaches that the Chargers have had with, Uh, Anthony Lynn and Mike McCoy, they were very, very conservative in their play calling. And when you go up against some of these teams that can score at will, you have to have that aggressive mindset because you might not get another opportunity. And I think the Chargers saw that firsthand last year when they made the decision against the Kansas City Chiefs to punt the ball back to the Chiefs and watch Patrick Mahomes go down the field and score a touchdown in overtime and win. I think Brandon Staley saw that and noticed that, hey, if you get the opportunity to keep your offense on the field and go down there and score, you have to take those, tra- take those chances. And we've seen it work out more often than not in the Chargers' favor, and I love it.
0: Sticking with the Chargers offense, you know, I mentioned uh, Justin Herbert, of course. He has a lot of high expectations. He looks good really early on. And I mentioned earlier in segment number one about the Raiders offensive line. Well, the Chargers are are, are rebuilding or, or have rebuilt their offensive line. Of course, they go out and get the first round draft pick out of Northwestern, Rashawn Slater. What have you seen from the rookie, the number 13 overall pick? And what have you seen from this uh, new formed offensive line of the Chargers? How are they kind of blending together and, and trying to become a cohesive unit?
1: Rashawn Slater is a phenom at left tackle. I think there's really no other way to explain it. He has not given up a single sack through three games. He is a mauler in the run game. He's a guy already that you feel comfortable leaving out on an island and you believe that he's going to get his job done. That is just an incredible compliment for a guy who did not play football last year, came in in great shape, was still committed to his craft, and he's been playing at an extremely high level. He does not look like a rookie out there, and I think, that is just, uh, it's really nice for the Chargers who have been looking and searching for a solid, and I mean, really good off, uh, excuse me, a very good left tackle for a very long time. And I finally believe that they actually have that person. Also, yes, they invested a lot of funds finally into the offensive line. Matt Filer has been fantastic at guard. Corey Lindsley has been that commander in the middle, you know, taking some of the protection responsibility away from Justin Herbert, letting him kind of do that himself. Um, Oday Ibushi has been fantastic. Unfortunately, the right tackle has been the big problem for the Chargers. Brian Belaga got hurt, has not been able to play. He's been on IR. Then they've had Storm Norton, who's had some good games, some bad games. He's been up and down. So that's definitely in an area of concern, but, this offensive line is night and day better than the last couple of years, so it's a huge improvement. Uh, it's just kind of sad that they took so much time to finally realize they need to invest premium talent um, both in the draft and through free agency to improve the offensive line, and it seems like they finally got that message across, and Justin Herbert has a great time, and the run blocking. is just much better unit this year.
0: You know, as you mentioned, the right tackle position, of course, if you look at the Raiders and their defensive line, and you know Gus Bradley very well, you know the kind of defensive scheme he runs. He's not going to blitz a whole lot. He's also going to come in waves. You know, he doesn't want a guy to get tired, so he wants to send wave one, wave two, wave three, uh, if if they are that deep, you know, to get after the quarterback. Uh, Max Crosby is coming off that right edge. You know, he's coming off. He's coming off screaming. He's been playing really well so far this season. How much concern is there with the right tackle being an issue uh, for the Chargers and Max Crosby? be having a really good season so far
1: i mean it's obviously obviously a legitimate concern max crosby's been, pl- been playing phenomenal football he's been just screaming off the edge he's relentless he has that that relentless motor that you're looking for that kind of like joey bosa he has that motor that's what you want in a, in a pass rusher and max Pro- max crosby is bringing it on every single down so yeah it's a huge concern i expect that the chargers are going to try to help with running backs chipping on that side. They're going to probably uh, keep in an extra tight end from time to time to try to chip, but you can't do that on every down. So storm Norton's going to have to, to do his homework and he's going to have to do his best to try to limit Max Crosby's effectiveness. But Justin Herbert is fantastic against pressure. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league against, against that because he can roam around and extend the play. And obviously he can throw uh, a million miles down the field. So he's a, he's got a very accurate arm as well. so, I mean, kind of pressure if you dare, but that's that's one guy on the defensive side for the Raiders that you just absolutely cannot allow to beat you. And to his credit, he's been playing great football.
0: So that was part one of our conversation right there, really talking about the Chargers offense. And as I mentioned before we even got into segment number two, uh, He Howard co selled me for a little bit, asked me about three or four questions about the Raiders. But it's stuff that we talk about here on the podcast all the time. So I didn't even feel like I needed to bring this to the table, but instead just kind of really dig deep and go inside uh, what the Chargers are doing, what they're thinking, how everything's rolling with them. So uh, that's why I'm going ahead and doing two segments all about the Chargers here on today's crossover. Over addition. so we talked all things offense coming up next we're going to talk all things defense when it comes to the Chargers that's coming up in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast before I get to that though do want to tell you about a couple great sponsors and the first one is rockauto.com anyone who is into fixing up your own car rockauto.com is the place for you one it's super easy to navigate in and out and around the website I am one of those guys that gets so frustrated when it comes to websites and doing everything the way you're supposed to do it and follow directions and all that other stuff and some websites that I use on the daily are so stinking confusing rockauto.com is not one of them it's so easy to navigate you'll get your parts quick fast and in a hurry on top of that You're going to save a whole lot of money, and that's what I really like, and that's what everyone really likes. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. You always want to save some, right? RockAuto.com is going to help you do that as well. Save that money, save that money, and save that money some more rockauto.com. Check them out today. All the parts you're looking for, you can find them at a chain store or a car dealership, but you're going to spend a lot of money. So why do that? You can save up to 30%, 50%, sometimes even 100%. Yeah, rockauto.com has been known to help you save 100% off the same parts. So do it right now. Go to rockauto.com. The only thing I ask you while you're there, there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? Just write Locked On Raiders Podcast. That means that I sent you, I'm doing my job, and they're happy. And then we're all happy. So make it happen. RockAuto.com. I also wanted to tell you about betonline.ag, and it's awesome talking about football because, well, football is back. We're already heading into – we're actually heading into week four of the regular season, about to close out week four on Monday with the Raiders and Chargers. But, man, it's already this far deep into the NFL season. Of course, the college game is going on as well, and it is the most important time of year, period. BetOnline.ag has got you covered for the pro and college game. All you got to do is go to the website. They got a new interface. They have an updated site. They have better odds, props, contests. BetOnline.ag is the number one source for all things football. Right now, if you sign up today, you'll receive a 100% welcome bonus off your initial deposit. Whatever you put in and use the promo code Locked On. you're going to get that on top of your deposit. So, football, baseball, uh, basketball's right around the corner, UFC, boxing, hockey's right around the corner, Uh, Vegas casino games, everything you want, BetOnline.ag has you covered. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts number three and part two of the crossover is coming up next here on the locked on raiders podcast your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. It's time to jump into part two of the crossover edition, talking all things Chargers defense this time with my guy Dave Draugermeyer, host of Locked On Chargers. Segment number two, we talked all things uh, offense for the Chargers. So right now we're going to get into the defensive side of things, and that's really where the Chargers hang their hats. So uh, let's get into part two of the conversation. It's the crossover edition, baby. Chargers Raiders here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. David, flipping over to the defensive side of things, which, of course, the Chargers hang their hat on that strong defense. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, Asante Samuel Jr. He was the second-round draft pick. He already has a couple of interceptions on the season, a very impressive one last week against Kansas City, laying out to go get it. Uh, What have you seen from the second-round guy out of Florida State? How impressed have you been by him?
1: He's been locked down, man, and it's been incredibly impressive. For a guy that we thought was going to come in and struggle uh, you know, have, having to come into the league and start right away, you don't really see corners come into the NFL and have success just right off the bat. That just doesn't really happen. So I think that's a testament to who he is, to his lineage, to kind of his path to the NFL That's starting at St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, which uh, that's a school that's produced and cranked out, many NFL football players that are in the league right now and have played in the league. So th- he actually said that his time at St. Thomas Aquinas was more difficult than his time at Florida State, <laughs> which I think is pretty crazy. But uh, I think because of that structure and because of you know who his family is, he's really also, he has a chip on his shoulder because everyone's saying, oh, hey, that's Asante a Samuels' kid, but he wants to carve out his own path. Right. He- he's very, very big on that. He wants to have his own individual career. And through a couple of games so far, he's been locked down on the outside. He hasn't allowed any touchdowns so far. He has those couple of interceptions. He's just a dog. He's a physical corner, a guy who's not afraid to come up and run support. He's a sure tackler and he, he gets his hands on the football. He's around the ball. That's the type of defender, the type of corner that you want. Asante Samuel Jr. has been everything and more that the Chargers have expected from a second round pick.
0: You know, I want to stick with the secondary, Derwin James. He's a guy that a lot of Raider Nation, including myself, I mean, I remember being at the draft when he was selected and the Raiders took Colton Miller and the Chargers were end up, ended up getting Derwin James. I thought that that was a mistake, but he's been banged up a lot of his career. Uh, he's back, he's healthy. Uh, he could play anywhere on the field, I guess, outside a nose tackle how much have the chargers benefited from having a healthy derwin james on that defense
1: it's just simply everything it's so important that that he's back because he's kind of like four players in one he can really do multiple different things on that side and he's a guy that you can feel comfortable going one-on-one with darren waller and there's not a lot of safeties out there that you feel like hey this is a guy that can potentially lock down uh, one of the best receivers in the nfl and i call him a receiver because that's what he is. He's right. a receiver in a tight end's body. I mean, he's, right. he runs, 4-3? Like, <laughs> that's absolutely ridiculous for a guy of that size. But Derwin James has the ability to match up with that type of that type of player he also can help you in run support he can play back he can play everywhere and that's how Brandon Staley is using him he's really moving him all over the football field and trying to get him as close to the ball as close to the action as he possibly can that's what he did with Jalen Ramsey the year before with the Rams and that's what he's doing this year with Derwin James
0: yeah, no, I, I can see that, man. And, and he's a heck of a player, and, and it's nice to see him healthy because when he's out there and healthy like he is so far this season, man, he's, he's an incredible talent. Just had a couple more questions for you as far as the defense goes. Uh, speaking of healthy, Joey Bosa, I know he was in and out of the game last week against Kansas City dealing with a foot injury. He's another guy that's been banged up quite a bit in his, his career. But when he's out there, man, he's an absolute animal. Uh, what's the health right now at Joey Bosa? How, how How healthy do you think he'll be on Monday night?
1: So what's kind of crazy to me is that Joey Bosa went into this game, did not practice all week, and he said that he his foot actually felt better as the game went on, which I thought was uh, kind of peculiar because that doesn't usually happen. So by all accounts, he came uh, out of that game healthy and feeling good. He gets a couple extra days of rest to be with the Chargers and Raiders game on Monday night. So I think that's also going to help. I expect that, he, barring any – setbacks that we don't know about that Joey Bosa is going to be out there and trying to come for Derek Carr, Derek Carr's head on Monday night.
0: Yeah, I, I don't doubt that at all. And that's, again, going to go back to that offensive line and how they got to be able to uh, hold their hold their water and make sure that they hold up their blocks. Because if not, man, it could be a long day. Derek Carr could be on the run for sure. Those guys up front do a heck of a job for the Chargers. And final question for you, and it's always great catching up with you, man. I do appreciate your time. If you had a weakness that you could point out that when you look at the Chargers, when you see them on the field offensively or defensively, special teams maybe, if there's a weakness that maybe the Raiders could exploit, and if they lose the game – If the Chargers lose, you could say on Tuesday, like, yep, that's the reason why. Kind of knew that that was going to be a problem. What would you think that that would be? Yeah, two things.
1: One of them is self-inflicted, and it's the penalties. The the Chargers have to clean the penalties up. A lot of those procedural penalties that have erased several touchdowns and big plays, that has to get uh, taken out completely. The Chargers have been beating themselves too much. But as far as something that the Raiders can take advantage of and exploit, it's something that's similar to the Raiders. It's the run defense. The Chargers have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. They're giving up 150-plus rushing yards per game. Mm. Um, But that's part. it's kind of part of the game plan for Brandon Staley because he he keeps a roof over the coverages. He does not allow the explosive plays. The Chargers have not allowed a passing play outside of that Ezekiel Elliott and C.D. Lamb play at the end of the first half, which I'm not going to count. They haven't really let any other plays past 32 yards, Uh, a pass play to Terry McLaurin against the Washington football team That's it. They haven't allowed any other passes to go further than that length. So they're really trying to make you do death by a thousand paper cuts. They really want you to dink and dunk your way down the field, and they're kind of expecting you to make a mistake because that's the whole game plan. They're not going to let you get the explosive plays. They're not going to let you throw it deep down the field. That's not something that Brandon Staley is going to allow. They're going to allow you to run the ball and and keep possession if you can, but the Chargers are expecting – the the Raiders and every opponent that they're going to play is, is going to make a mistake and they're going to be there to capitalize.
0: Interesting. Very interesting right there. Well, it's going to be a fun one, man. It's Monday Night Football. It's going to cap off week four. All eyes will be on SoFi Stadium. And I guess it would be wrong if I didn't say anything before I let you go. But SoFi Stadium, I'm expecting it to be a blackout. I'm seeing reports of 74% of the tickets sold already are going to be uh, Raider fans. Uh, what are your thoughts on the on the mismatched crowd that's going to be there uh, on Monday night? Mostly uh, Raider fans.
1: Nothing new. it's 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 nothing new i think the chargers know that the raiders fan base they travel very very well it's been like that the last five or six years and before the chargers want to expect that to change they need to win and win a lot in los angeles Uh, And until they do that, then it's going to be like this. So I think the Chargers know it's going to be like that. Uh, And I think the energy is what they're going to focus on. They're not going to be looking at who's going to be in the stands. I think it's just going to be a raucous, incredible environment, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I know that everyone's looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely. Well, I know I'm looking forward. I know you're looking forward to it, man. Monday night, it goes down. Monday night football to wrap up week four. Chargers and Raiders. Wouldn't want it any other way. David, thank you so much for your time, man. It's always great catching up with you.
1: Always a pleasure, man. We'll do this again later on in the season.
0: So there it is. There it was. Hopefully you enjoyed that uh, crossover edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Chargers, Raiders, you know how we get down each and every week on Thursdays. We have the crossover edition as you prepare for the upcoming game. Now the good thing for the Raiders is the game is not till Monday so they're going to close out the week. Another prime time game. Very excited about that. All eyes will be on SoFi Stadium. So uh, not only tomorrow we'll have more calls and texts throughout that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. We'll have other conversations to have about the Raiders and of course we'll have more news and notes of the day they're going to get back out in uh, in practice again later on this afternoon probably talk to Gus Bradley and, and some players as well uh then I believe John Gruden talks either on Friday or Saturday and uh, then they'll leave for LA so I uh, got a lot to bring to the table still we'll do the keys to the game on Monday that'll be Monday's show since the Raiders hadn't played yet uh, that's what we'll do before that show or for that show as we lead into Monday night football but tomorrow again uh news and notes of the day calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line and of course we'll have some more storylines to talk about here and matter of fact might talk about Derek Carr might talk about the defense and the impact it's having on him might have to have to bring that conversation to the table but that'll be on tomorrow's show so Raider Nation I appreciate you as always thank you for all the feedback calls and texts definitely appreciate that and anyone who tweets at me at your boy Q254 until tomorrow's edition we'll close out the week really strong be safe take care of your family love on your family and most importantly as always Raider Nation. Just win, baby.